daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day where my hope is that everybody who's listening to me enjoyed a great Independence Day and the weekend associated with it, uh, springtime. And, yeah, there's some delayed planes, and uh, the air quality isn't so great all over the place. But it's glorious to be here in the United States of America and celebrating our country. Also celebrating uh, our country in a new way uh, with the cocaine found in the White House. This is one of those bizarre stories that I wasn't paying close attention because I was out very late last night watching fireworks in Bellevue, Washington with my wonderful wife who loves the ritual of going to see fireworks. It's one of the things you find out. I mean, I found out when when we met, which was, gosh, 39 years ago. It's shocking. And uh, and again, she at that time, uh, 4th of July, we met in September, 4th of July, she was completely committed to seeing fireworks. And uh, one thing about America that is worth noting is I know that a lot of these fireworks are made in China, and I know that the Chinese invented fireworks a thousand years ago. Got all that, but uh, it's still a beautiful ritual, and it's one that John Adams referred to specifically and prophetically the night after the Congress authorized the Declaration of Independence, but before that formal signing, it was actually July 2nd, he thought people would be celebrating uh, with uh, with the uh, illuminations in the air, which they had in, in England at the time as well. But uh, And in fact, there's the Royal Fireworks Music by George Friedrich Handel, which was celebrating a, a new peace treaty in 1648. But that's a different, different <laughs> situation. Uh, okay. Uh, what we are talking about here is um, the cocaine that was found in the White House. For the first time in recorded history, there is snow inside the White House. Not just on the grounds, but snow inside the White House over the 4th of July weekend. This is the way it was reported by MSNBC uh, Andrea Mitchell reporting on the situation as it happened. Listen. And turning to some breaking news, we have just learned that a formal lab has confirmed the suspicion that that white powdery substance found in the West Wing on Sunday was in fact positive for cocaine. The discovery led to a brief evacuation of the White House Sunday night. Joining us now is NBC White House correspondent Mike Memoli. So Mike, where do things stand now? This is so unusual. You and I have covered the White House for years. I can't even fathom anything like this having been found before in the West Wing. And I go back to the 70s at the White House. So this is pretty, pretty wild. It's absolutely extraordinary, Andrea. And this new conclusive test confirms what had been the preliminary field test conducted by D.C. fire personnel who were called in on Sunday night after the discovery of this suspicious substance by a uniformed officer in the Secret Service uh, that was conducting a routine patrol of the White House. Okay, uh, the Bidens weren't home. Uh, They were away, uh, and uh, 
by the way, just moments ago, uh, that was made very clear by uh, Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, the uh, White House press spokesman, uh, talking about why don't blame the president for this one. How about blaming his son? Uh, we will get to that. Here's the uh, White House press spokesman. But one thing that I can share that I'll that I'll uh, share a little bit more, you know, the 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 president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend, as you all reported on this. And as you also know, that they left on Friday and returned just yesterday uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a heavily traveled area where many White House uh, West Wing, I should be even more specific, uh, West Wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area. I just don't have anything more to share. It is under investigation by the Secret Service. This is in their purview. And so we're going to allow uh, certainly the investigation to continue. And we have confidence that the Secret Service will get to the bottom of this. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I just said that we have confidence that the Secret Service is going to get to the bottom of this. As you all know, the president follows all the reporting here, uh, and he certainly was briefed by his staff on everything that we know so far. But the Secret Service is investigating this, is investigating what happened over the weekend, and we have confidence that they will get to the bottom of this. Okay, getting to the bottom of this is exactly what Jim Garrity tried to do over at National Review. He uh, writes a lengthy piece on who brought cocaine into the White House. Now, he doesn't know, but he has some healthy suspicions. Um, he, uh, he talks about uh, a uh, last week, NBC News reported that President Biden is concerned about his son falling back into self-destructive habits. Quote, but the public displays of parental approval uh, to the dismay of some Democrats aren't just a loving father or a stubborn parent's defiance. For Biden, keeping his son, a recovering drug addict, close means keeping him safe, people close to the president say. Behind the Hunter Biden photo ops and the state dinner invitations, they say, is an existential concern that weighs on the president daily. If he loosens his grip on his son, who or what will replace it and to what extent? It's consumed the president, a person close to Biden says. Now, Jim Garrity writes in National Review, if everyone who knows Hunter Biden personally is worried about him relapsing and doing drugs again, you can't begrudge the rest of the public for thinking the president's son when the cocaine is found within the White House. Why does this matter? According to the National Center for Drug Abuse, about 225,000 Americans are arrested every year for possession of heroin, cocaine, and derivative products. Possession of any amount of cocaine is a crime, both the local and the federal levels, with uh, sentences going up to a year in prison. If, as Hunter Biden claimed, he was doing crack every 15 minutes, he said that in his memoir, he must have nearly constantly been in possession of the substance, and yet in all that time he never once encountered law enforcement. We have this odd situation of a top government official's son who, in his own description, was constantly doing drugs and regularly around law enforcement agents with drug-sniffing dogs who somehow never got caught. Remarkable luck. He did, however, get kicked out of the U.S. Navy after testing positive for cocaine 
in 2014, barely a year after he was selected for the part-time position as a public affairs officer in the Naval Reserve. Uh, there are countless visits to rehab. There are searches for crack in Nashville. There's the fifth 14-day bender during which he flipped one rental car and left his brother's AG badge and a bunch of, oh, that's Attorney General of Delaware, and a bunch of drugs in another. He learns to cook his own crack, and he does so at Chateau Marmont, one of the many L.A. hotels that lost patients with Hunter's party-loving entourage and suddenly didn't have availability. So he's staying at the White House so the president can keep an eye on him. And apparently this was not a large amount of cocaine, but some cocaine in the White House is enough. Uh, this uh, is a fascinating story. There's also a fascinating story about one of President Trump's biggest allies regarding January 6th warned President Trump he's going to be found guilty. And if he is found guilty of uh, seditious conspiracy like Stuart Rhodes of Oath Keepers, uh, then what happens to this election? Uh, do we get a whole new choice between... Uh, uh, replacing Biden and Trump. Wouldn't that be a good thing for the country? Fresh faces. Uh, we'll get to that and how that works and the idea of the obsession with third parties coming up on the Medved Show. Is that interesting? Yeah. The Michael Medved Show. It's so cool. Hunter Biden. I mean, the whole story is unbelievable and unreal. They, uh, Time Magazine, in summarizing Hunter's memoir, uh, said uh, that he learns to cook his own crack, and he does so at Chateau Marmont, one of the many L.A. hotels that lost patients with Hunter's party-loving entourage, and suddenly didn't have availability. He chases a probably hallucinated barn owl through the California desert. Hunter Biden has escaped what he calls the four horsemen of the crackopolypse, and he is here to tell us about it. Jim Garrity over at National Review says, and it's very hard to, no matter how sympathetic you may be to the Biden family or to the President of the United States or how strongly you support President Biden or, or how you feel about this issue at all, this paragraph is undeniable. Almost any other American who didn't have a father as vice president or future president would have faced criminal charges at some point if they behaved the way Hunter did. The uh, View hostess, Anna Navarro, is free to look at the tale of Hunter Biden and conclude it's really just the story of a father's love. But it's also easy to see the story of wealth, of privilege, of political connections, protecting a deeply troubled young man, he's in his 40s now, uh, from the consequences of his actions. 
only enabling further addiction and even more reckless decisions. Hunter Biden seems to have an endless appetite for dumb risks. Recording himself smoking crack behind the wheel and speeding 172 miles per hour in a Porsche in 2018. 2018 is just two years. It's right in between his father becoming president and leaving the vice presidency. For a long time, writes Jim Garrity, our society has treated different groups using illegal drugs dramatically differently. If you're white and privileged, you have an addiction problem and need treatment and sympathy. If you're black and you're underprivileged, you're a crackhead and you need to be sent to jail. Any family that faces a loved one's addiction struggles with figuring out where sympathy for the addict turns into enabling the addict. Maybe that wasn't uh, Hunter Biden's cocaine in the White House, but neither he nor the president can begrudge anyone else for suspecting that he would do something as reckless, as stupid, and as illegal as that. And again, he used to be part of the U.S. Navy. Uh, the U.S. Navy, this is just breaking news uh, within the last hour. The U.S. Navy intervened to stop Iranian Navy ships attempting to seize two oil tankers in different incidents in the Gulf of Oman uh, early this morning, according to a U.S. defense official. An Iranian ship opened fire at the tanker in the second seizure attempt, according to an official in the first attempt, an Iranian Navy vessel approached the TRF Moss, a Marshall Islands-flagged oil tanker, in international waters in the Gulf of Oman at approximately 1 a.m. local time. The official said the tanker was through the Strait of Hormuz and heading toward the Arabian Sea when the Iranian vessel approached. Okay, this is just what we need right now with a faltering president of the United States. By the way, rock star Greg Tomlin made a good point. This is not the first time there was cocaine at the White House. Uh, here, a flashback to 1989 and uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush, who everyone knows he wasn't a crack addict. He wasn't a druggie. He was a straight arrow, a greatest generation, a, the young, at one point the youngest a naval pilot in the entire U.S. Navy in World War II. So President George H.W. Bush gave an address on national drug policy. And during the speech, he held up a bag of crack cocaine that he had brought into the Oval Office. And, and the reason he had it was to make the point that it was so easy for f drug agents uh, to just go and buy that cocaine across the street. And when President Bush, the first President Bush, of course, was talking about it, this is what he sounded like, clip 11. I will present to you our national strategy to deal with every aspect of this threat, and I will ask you to get involved in what promises to be a very difficult fight. This, this is crack cocaine seized a few days ago by drug enforcement agents in a park just across the street from the White House. It could easily have been heroin or PCP. It's as innocent looking as candy, but it's turning our cities into battle zones, and it's murdering our children 
Let there be no mistake. This stuff is poison. And it still is. And it still is. And it's poison for the political future of the Biden family as well. Uh, this is the audio of the hazmat team uh, getting the first test results back for the mysterious white powder that they found at a hallway, basically, in the White House. Uh, here's what it sounded like, 9.5. We have a result on the demo. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine, hydrochloride, gas number. Okay, uh, I I don't know what the president and his son are going to do about this, and uh, uh, but there has to be some kind of response, and and the idea is not to send uh, Hunter Biden back to more and more and more destructive uh, drug use. But certainly to get to the bottom of uh, the the entire situation, uh, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana spoke about Hunter Biden and uh, talked about the tendency to protect him and justify him and sympathize with him by a great deal of the Democratic establishment in Washington, D.C. Listen, this is clip eight. Look, I don't know if Mr. Hunter Biden committed a crime. I, I sure don't know if President Biden committed a crime. We're trying to get, a, get the facts. But, but I do know this, and I think the American people can see it. The, the, uh, the, the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, is, um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened and and that's all that congress is asking for is the facts okay uh... these give them some additional facts to go after uh... this is also the anniversary of that terrible shooting in highland park illinois actually it was yesterday it was on july fourth it was a july fourth parade so what is that town doing what are towns doing across the country with a horrible horrible weekend, an extended weekend of uh, mass killings. We will get to that and to much more and a great new candidate for governor on the Republican side. Coming up. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, I, uh, I, I do hope you had a wonderful 4th of July and a safe Independence Day. And uh, I saw something earlier today, and I was thinking about how I should talk about this, but it, it, it moved me profoundly, so I'll talk about it. Uh, this morning after being out, and, and this time of year, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, one of the great things about it, one of the great advantages you have among many, is that this time of year the days are very, very long. It gets light around 5 a.m. and it stays light until after 10. And they couldn't start the fireworks last night in Bellevue, Washington, where we watched them, until 5 after 10 o'clock at night. 
And then they, they had the whole fireworks display. And what that meant is that uh, at home, we missed the sort of the local tendency of people. And there's one particular street corner where they set off the fireworks. And, uh, and then there are all kinds of you know, cardboard and plastic. There's all kind of crap on the street. You'll pardon the expression. And as you know, I'm concerned about that. So this morning, very early, around 6 a.m., I'm driving our oldest daughter to her her flight. She's flying back to New York where she teaches. And uh, and as we were uh, driving past, and it, it must have been just, just a tad over 6 a.m., there was a guy, one of our neighbors, who was out there with a big broom sweeping this up. You know, that's that's a patriotic thing to do. That's American. You enjoy the fireworks and then enjoy restoring the neighborhood where you live that you presumably care about to uh, uh, an, an honorable situation. One thing that's not honorable is, and I remember this, that because as you'll recall, we had two years in a row where we had one year we had the January 6th horrible riot and then we had nationwide riots and the following the death of George Floyd and uh, there were messes left everywhere and uh, one of the messes involving January 6th involves uh, basically criminal consequences for a lot of the people who were involved with smashing windows and a sacking basically the uh, Capitol building as if they were evil Visigoths uh, trying to tear down the Roman Empire. Uh, the Hill reports that the founder of the Oath Keepers uh, paramilitary group, uh, his name is Stuart Rhodes, has now warned former President Trump that he will be found guilty if he goes to trial in federal court, calling on his own experience facing a jury last year. Rhodes alleged in a jailhouse interview with the Washington Times that the federal government is working to turn Trump's close allies against him and to try to scare possible witnesses who could defend the former president. The interview took place in the Washington, D.C. Department of Corrections Central Detention Facility where Rhodes is serving his 18-year prison sentence. Now, if someone has been condemned to 18 years in prison for his role in the January 6, 2021 Capitol insurrection. Uh, isn't it possible that he would have a little bit of resentment for Donald Trump, who actually pushed this entire course of action? Uh, Stuart Rose was found guilty of seditious conspiracy last year for directing other members of his far-right group while they stormed the Capitol. Rhodes said federal prosecutors will do the same thing to Trump that they did to him. You're going to get railroaded. You're going to be found guilty if you try to go to trial, Rhodes said. So everyone's been demoralized and more likely to take a plea deal and agree to test a lie against President Trump. Rhodes was defiant at his sentencing and called himself a political prisoner. The federal judge for the case, Amit Mehta, told him in response that he is not a political prisoner, but an ongoing threat and peril to the country.
and uh, that now with uh, the continued work by uh, Jack Smith is it uh, uh, true that President Trump especially if he gets elected president of the United States again represents an ongoing threat and peril and speaking to a threat and peril not since 1980 has a um, Republican won the governorship in Washington. It's the longest drought we have in any state of having a one-party system. And I was thrilled to hear over the weekend that a friend of mine who was former congressman, he was a seven-term congressman uh, from um, at Bellevue, Washington and vicinity in the east side of uh, Seattle, and a Republican and uh, was also before that was sheriff and had a terrific law and order record uh, cracking the Green River killer case and and also being one of those people who didn't fold in front of a bunch of left-wing rioters the World Trade Organization uh, that was back 25 years ago in any event Dave Reichert uh, who is maybe one of the very few Republicans who could make this a race is apparently getting ready to run for governor. Here's the uh, report from King 5 News. Listen. This would really shake up the race. Dave Reichert would be the biggest name by far from the Republican Party to throw his hat into the ring. His campaign this afternoon is not officially saying that they're willing to confirm this, but they're not denying it either. Dave Reichert is a Republican, and according to the state's Public Disclosure Commission website, he registered as a candidate for governor in 2024 today. He joins a list of about 20 others who have made that same filing. The PDC tracks fundraising of state candidates. Reichert was a longtime King County Sheriff's deputy and detective. He's best known for solving the Green River killings cases when he headed up the investigation leading to the arrest and conviction of Gary Ridgway. He then ran for Congress and won multiple elections, something Republicans have struggled with in Western Washington districts. Okay, we have struggled with it. And uh, Dave Reichert, particularly at a time when law and order is such a profound national interview, somebody with a record like his, and, and also as the kind of sensible, common sense, moderate Republican uh, that could possibly win in Washington. And we came awfully close with Gino Rossi, a wonderful Rossi, a wonderful state senator, when he ran for governor in 2004. It's about time, isn't it? Uh, and, and because we have the so-called jungle primary, the way this works is with a whole bunch of Democratic candidates, it's almost a sure thing that Dave Reichert, who will be the dominant Republican candidate, will be able to beat at least the second, if not the first and the second, placing Democrats, because there are going to be more Democrats in the race than Republicans. And then getting into a, a final election uh, with uh, a... Uh, perhaps damaged Democrat like Attorney General Bob Ferguson. You gotta like those chances. At least it's uh, some little heartbeat. We'll be getting to the heartbeat of America 
and why it is that this issue of law and order is so utterly out of control. Coming up on the MedVeg Show. Are you feeling tired? Is your stomach upset and you can't eat the foods you like? Balance 7 will change that and bring back your energy. Click on the Balance 7 banner at michaelmedved.com. Use the code MedVed and get $15 off your order. Free shipping, money back guarantee. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. A little bit of good news, uh, and uh, the the good news is that uh, they're doing the right thing over at Medved History Store. I uh, went on, we had a little neighborhood 4th of July parade with kids in uh, decorated flag bedecked uh, strollers and wagons and bicycles. Proud to say that our oldest granddaughter, Julia, uh, was terrific riding her bike with all kinds of American flag streamers. In any event, on that occasion, a couple of people asked me, hey, I wanted to get that Medved History Store, the uh, full Medved History Store library, because the price is just unbelievable. They, they've cut the price to 50% off the normal price. Plus, you get a free Medved mug, and plus you get a totally free Medved History Store library. Now, this is all on USB flash drive, and it includes more than 100 hours worth of programming. And particularly, it's a good time to get involved in this right now because a couple of weeks ago, I did a, I recorded an, an interchange. It was uh, not a lecture because it was really basically with my friend Eric Metaxas, he was asking me basic questions about my my books, uh, God's Hand on America, and the American Miracle, and uh, that has now it has continued to be a, a huge attraction on the internet. You can get it for free that, and listen to that discussion uh, at, at YouTube, and uh, it has reached over 150,000 people. 150,000 different people clicking on it and using it. See, the great thing about the Medved History Store Library is the stories are complete. It's not just a, a little a snippet here and a little snippet there with all these amazing stories about our struggle for independence and America's rise from uh, really nothing to being the most important civilization on Earth ever. Uh, these are complete stories. And uh, again, uh, go to medvedhistorystore.com. The sale will end uh, probably this weekend. Uh, but while it's going on, you get the half off. And, uh, and then in addition to getting half off, the original one you buy, you get another one totally free. So it's pretty cool. It's uh, like you're getting uh, one, f uh, paying one fourth of what you normally would. Uh, check it out. Meanwhile, uh, there's just a compilation that was put together by CBS News under the heading uh, about mass shooting. CBS News. Uh, 
14-year-old boy dead, six wounded, in Maryland mass shooting. The shooting came just days after a massacre at another block party in Baltimore over the weekend, where two people died and 28 were injured. Shooting kills three, wounds six at 4th of July celebration in Louisiana. A local councilwoman told reporters she was livid and the shooting was catastrophic at best. Nine hit by drive-by shooting on D.C. Street during... 4th of July celebrations. Police were seeking a dark-colored SUV. They said the shots were fired from. Uh, mass shootings on 4th of July weekend. Authorities said one man is in custody in connection with a shooting in Philadelphia last night that killed at least five people. It was two nights ago, actually. Uh, but Philadelphia wasn't the only city to see gun violence this long holiday weekend in Fort Worth, Texas. At least three people were killed and six others wounded. The Philadelphia shooting suspect is going to be charged. Philadelphia officials gave an update uh, on Monday night's deadly mass shooting in the uh, King Sessing neighborhood. Five people were killed, including a 15-year-old boy, and two were wounded. The city's police commissioner said she is confident authorities have the only individual responsible for the shooting in custody. He was wearing a full body armor. He had guns underneath the body armor, and he had an AR-style gun, and apparently was just shooting at random just to kill people. In Philadelphia, a gunman is custody after killing five people, that's this case we're talking about, and wounding two children. Officials say the violence spread across four blocks in the southwest part of the city. Um... Uh, Police said there's more. Fort Worth, three dead, eight wounded. Uh, then uh, uh, police uh, hunt for Baltimore shooting suspects. And two killed, 28 wounded in Baltimore. And uh, then there's a former... Um, the news about Scott Peterson, which is put together with this, a reminder of the... Uh, the horrible Parkland, Florida, and then the Colorado LGBTQ club shooter pleads guilty. The man who killed five and wounded 17 others in a shooting at a Colorado Springs LGBTQ club last November has pleaded guilty. He was then sentenced to life in prison. Uh, the um, It goes on. At least 12 killed on holiday weekend shootings. One of the things that is positive is, uh, you remember that shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, uh, where it was the 4th of July parade. It was last year. And it, at least there is some determination uh, from the mayor of Highland Park, whose name is Nancy Rotaring, not to let evil win. Uh, this is uh, Nancy Rotering talking one year after the parade about what they're doing about parading this year. This is clip two. We thought about the very real need, obviously, to reflect and remember the tragedy that happened here, but then also recognized, especially for our children, we don't want them to not have the opportunity to celebrate the 4th of July. Evil doesn't win, and this is our parade route. And this is our community that we are taking back. 
Okay, and they need to do that in Philadelphia as well, and that's going to require a new DA. Uh, but Larry Krasner spoke uh, basically, as he does, uh, blaming uh, all of the crime, which is out of control in the city of brotherly love, on guns. And here is uh, the DA, Larry Krasner, clip 12. You know, we're going to keep fighting. We have to keep fighting. But it is time for this legislature and, frankly, legislators across the country to swear off their addiction to NRA money and to swear off their addiction to this gun fetish that is really only shared by a moderate quantity of the U.S. population. Most Americans want reasonable gun regulation, just like they want reasonable car regulation, and they accept reasonable car regulation. Uh, it's time for people who are running for office to swear off NRA money, to swear off gun lobby money, to swear off this absurd interpretation of the Second Amendment that has been put out there by militias, much of it untrue, uh, and frankly, it's time for the Supreme Court to cut it out. This should not be a country of guns. It should be a country of people, living people. Okay, all, all of those are reasonable points, but yes, of course, it should be a country of living people and, and not dead people. And of course, there is a horror of too much crime. But Philadelphia is one of the biggest cities in the country. I believe it's still fifth-rated largest population in the country. And it has its own laws. And it has some of the stick strictest gun laws in the country. And they don't help. And the idea that uh, if, if you spread that for the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, or if you spread that everywhere, that's going to be a simple solution. Uh, the, the real solution is people like Larry Krasner need to support the idea of more policing and uh, more consequences for, uh, for, for people who do get caught doing violent crimes with guns that they may well have illegally. The, um, this came in, it's an email from Jeff. And Jeff says, stop spinning, Michael. The justices on the right of the Supreme Court are not constitutionalist, as they just ignored the Civil War amendments. The three liberals are the ones abiding by the Constitution, also the ones being textualist and originalist. What we have here are a bunch of activist justices who are ignoring the actual Constitution as written and decades of precedent in favor of their personal beliefs. As pointed out by Justice Sotomayor, Justice Roberts didn't even try to meet the high standard for overturning a precedent. We have a court that is doing this in spite, in fact, what conservatives claimed they were against in the 1970s, putting political beliefs ahead of the law of the Constitution of this greatest nation on God's green earth. We'll get to it.